All right, all right. Uh, welcome to this week's episode, this month's episode, or this year's episode. I don't even know. I've lost count. Uh, it's been a while. I've been, yeah, can't say busy, but yeah. Welcome to this episode. Uh, on today's episode, we'll be talking about electric cars in South Africa and funny enough cryptocurrency in south africa what's happening in that space and uh next to me or on the call i have a good friend of mine Uriya Hile. um she's done some phd stuff but she'll introduce herself she'll tell you more about uh, her research she's done a research on uh, the fourth industrial revolution but she'll tell you more um other than that um yeah we'll surprise you we'll see how the conversation goes um, so, Riachile, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, 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 everybody. Greetings to everyone. Uh, I hope you're good, John Steezy. Yes, you're correct. I am Riachile, and yes, I have done research on so the fourth industrial revolution, uh, smart cities in particular, um, automation, robotics, the internet of things things you know yeah everything that has to do with that so specifically my focus was like on smart rural communities right. or the creation of smart rural communities so oh. the term doesn't exist as yet but i coined the term me and my supervisor so okay. yeah that's pretty much what it is can you repeat the term for me um <laughs> smart rural communities that is what I'm aiming towards. Okay. So the, the, the issue here is how to use technology and 4IR to create smart rural communities. Okay. That's very interesting because I know with the Joburg, uh, with the Joburg municipality, they've been speaking about this smart city thingy. I don't know what that about, but I'll, I'll look into it. So what's, what's, Smart rural is very interesting. What is that about? So, yeah, you've probably heard um, the president or whoever, policy makers, talk about smart cities and smart city plan and how they're planning to do this and that when it comes to smart cities. So smart cities, basically, the core of it is about cities that are technologically driven. That is the main aim of this whole thing it's about technology and how technology is being used to create effectiveness yeah. and efficiency so it's about bettering people's lives okay okay and i know well i i'm assuming that uh the biggest thing or the the first fundamental thing that you need to do is uh, what create infrastructure like uh putting wi-fi's across the city or across the area that you want to modernize? Definitely. Wi-Fi is um, just one aspect of it. So, but before you can put in Wi-Fi, you need to equip people with computer literacy first. Before they can know how to use Wi-Fi, they need to be computer literate, and that needs some type of education. So people need to be trained to be computer literate because not everybody is. And that's how Wi-Fi is going to better their lives. 
so it's no use putting something in and nobody knows how to use it so yeah Facts, facts. Because I know, but then uh, with these, I'm a 2000s ah man. Uh, these people are catching up on, on, uh, on smartphones very quickly. I know my brother teaches my mother how to send a voice note on WhatsApp. So yes. I think uh, with the with the with the um, 2000s generation, they're catching up quickly. So it's going to be the older generation that's gonna struggle with this change. Definitely. Uh, the millennials are quite technologically savvy. I mean, they literally live on their cell phones. I actually spoke about this where I said people can't live without their phones. It's almost an extension of our being. So this particular equipping people with with computer literacy is more aimed at people who are rural people who live in places that are not that developed and all the older generation who didn't grow up with technology like we do because mm. i'm just thinking now like you're saying you're moving because now uh, it sounds like we're going to be moving technology into the rural areas um i do have some fears with uh with regards to that but i also see like a, a big opportunity because that's also going to affect the migration because a lot of people would migrate from rural areas and move to urban areas uh based on uh, job opportunities or just that you know the life is better that side definitely um People usually naturally would want to go where life is going to be better for them as they should. So this is basically saying, why not take the, the services to the people so they don't have to move out? They don't have to be excluded. They don't have to be left out of planning, basically. So that's what this is about, inclusion. True, true. Because uh, you know what, man? I'm very excited for that. I mean, I can imagine uh, Wi-Fi being in the rural areas. How? Because uh, besides the Wi-Fi, I know network. Network is one of the biggest challenges that we're having in South African rural areas where we struggle to connect. And even if you have, uh, especially with uh, smartphones, smartphones rely on data. So connecting to data is a big challenge. So if we could have like, uh, what do you call these towers, more towers in the in those areas and accessible Wi-Fi in those areas, man, I'd be going home every weekend, eh? Exactly. Mm. That is the point, to make people want to live there, to make their lives better. That is the ultimate goal here, to improve the economy, of course, and to improve the quality of people's lives. Well, then, my fear with that is, um, and it ties in with uh, your cities, your biggest cities like your Cape Town, your Joburg. Most of us, uh, because of access to all this technology, because of access to all the content that we're consuming using our smartphones, we, uh, our culture has evolved. We look up to the Western culture. We've taken up the Western culture. Uh, I now dress like a hip hop artist. I now dress like uh, Abo. It's gonna show my age, but Abo Rihanna and stuff like that. Um, don't you think that's gonna have like a negative impact uh, in the rural areas? Just now, they start 
adapting that uh, Western uh, Western culture and we abandon our African culture. So nobody nobody is saying we must abandon our culture. We're saying let's develop solutions based on our context. Let's not try and be European. Let's try and create solutions around what we know or who we are. So we're not trying to modernize ourselves or westernize ourselves we really just um want to develop like african answers to african problems that's all we want to do true true because uh i think one of the apps that uh the 2000s and the millennials are hooked on at the moment is tiktok and What's so brilliant about TikTok is obviously it's global, but how different countries use it, they don't use it. It's not universal. So every country has like a unique way of using TikTok. And I can feel that culture uh, being, I can, I can feel the culture when I'm, when I'm, when I'm uh, consuming the content. It's very local. Like it's very, it's a local culture, a culture that, I live around. Do you think, uh, yeah, I don't know. What's your thought on that? Um, yeah, I think, I think social media is a good platform overall. It's, it's got so much influence. I think it can be used positively for so many things to, especially in terms of educating young people it's a powerful tool that we have i think we are actually privileged to to have this opportunity of using social media the world has become much smaller um because of it and the fact that you can just pick up your phone and facetime your friend who is um in egypt for example just goes to show that the thought of visiting them might not even cross your mind because that's how small the world has become. So this is actually a blessing. It's giving us a chance to all learn about each other just by the comfort of our phones. So I think it's a good thing. It's brilliant, especially for us, the millennials. True, true. And as you're talking about the, you know, the benefits of uh, of social media, I found myself remember uh, the 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 olden days where you'll just be going outside playing with rocks, playing with uh, cans and stuff like that. But then uh, nowadays, uh, I'm at two thousand. I just hooked on uh, on TikTok, on YouTube, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. I think especially depending on how you use social media, I think it can be uh, a tool that can open your mind. So, for example, um, we're seeing a lot of black people become successful these days. And through social media, I feel like there's somebody out there who is telling themselves that success is reachable because I'm seeing it all over my news feed or whatever so 
things are not that impossible anymore. You know, it's attainable, it's tangible because you can see somebody who's doing the thing that you want to be doing. So I think that's a good thing. It can motivate young people to want to reach for more, to do better because it feels like everything is reachable. So why not go for it, you know? Facts, facts. And I think uh, there's a... There's a picture, uh, a meme that I posted on my WhatsApp uh, status uh, that says, so the mother tells the child, it's like, you can't be sitting, uh, you can't get a job sitting on that computer all day. And then the child just looks at him uh, otherwise, like, uh, yes, I can. <laughs> so it does, uh, it does give you that vibe that, you know what, like now the jobs that we have, um, are evolving. Uh, we're starting to see more jobs on content creation. More and more people are making money on on content uh, content creation. I mean, when TikTok started, that was um, it started very small, man. And I didn't take it that uh, I took it lightly. And now seeing the amount of influencers that just came out of TikTok and that are leveraging the influence, the followers that they have. And now they're getting gigs, making songs. Now they they get absorbed by, you know, where uh, 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 um, these industries, the media industries, they get absorbed in there as well and they start making money. So you can actually monetize social media. It's easier now, ne? Definitely. Uh, people are building entire careers just from social media or just from using their phone in their living rooms. And they're building an entire career from that. They bu- they, they're buying houses and cars and all these things that come with success. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's it's a powerful, powerful tool. And this is one of the best times to use that tool honest especially youtube and your tiktoks and all of that this is a powerful tool indeed yeah we should all capitalize on it yeah actually it's true because now um uh, a good example uh, that i just thought of now is uh make g's uh what do you call this uh youtube channel what do they call yes it? the podcast and chill podcast and chill like that thing started off uh i think it started off like three years ago three or four years ago yes and now it's huge it has like five hundred thousand followers a south african uh, uh uh youtube channel and i think it's the highest uh subscribers in africa so yes it shows that we're embracing uh we're embracing those as as Africans, eh? definitely, we're an instant gratification generation. So I think it's 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 crazy how the MacGee podcast is so massive. I honestly didn't think it would ever be that big. Yeah, I I honestly never thought that. Yeah. So it's 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 insane. It's mind blowing. They've got so many viewers and imagine advertising your business on a platform like that one where like 500,000 people are watching. Imagine how what that would do for your business. Mm-hmm. That that would be life changing. So this is a powerful tool. We should be capitalizing on it. Uh, yeah, and the future 
is basically here. The 4IR is here. It's here. It's, it's already here. We have no choice but to embrace it. Um, the future of work is un- unstable. Some jobs are going to be threatened. So our duty is to find out where we fit in, in the wider scheme of things. So what is our job industry saying about this? That's where our duty lies, is to find out where we are going to fall after all of this automation and 4IR stuff goes on. What's going to happen to the humans? Yeah, and I think uh, the, the, the employers of the future or the current employers, it's shifting now. Uh, it's shifting from the old, uh, what do they call it, uh, brick and mortar kind of uh, setup to more work from home and the employers as well, the companies that are employing now are different compared to your old ones. Oh, ESCOM. ESCOM has been like the, the granny of this, uh, of this country. So they've been the employer, Jay. Uh, but now it's shifting. You get about Google. I was amazed when I'm looking at Google, uh, some TikToks, um, TikTokers uh, that are working at Google. I'm amazed at uh, how Google uh treats their 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 employees like free food and all that stuff so it also like uh employment changes as well and things are changing as well on how businesses are treating their people definitely um the fact that i i can work two jobs um this wouldn't be possible if we had to be in the office um, all the time. Now that we can work from home, I am fortunate enough to actually have more than one job, mm. which means more than one income for me. Yeah. So that is actually a blessing. Yeah. Technology is a blessing. Depending on how we choose to look at it, it, it really it's here to make our lives easier. So we should use it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to move on. I think we've been very, I don't know, man. It sounds very, like this topic has been spoken on for many times. So I'm just going to move on to something very recent. Um, I just saw now, um, on Tech Central, it says there, Reserve Bank eyes digital rent as it readies crypto regulations. So it seems like the Reserve Bank might create its own uh, cryptocurrency, which is the RAND. <laughs> How do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I'm actually scared for that because cryptocurrency, man, a lot of people still don't understand it. So if we're going to be pushed into a thing that we don't understand, I, I don't know, man. Mm, it's gonna create, I'm scared. It's going to create chaos. But then, yes. Yeah, but then I guess we are we are we are resilient people. So we did take on TikTok. Now our grannies are watching TikTok. It took a while, but uh, we got <laughs> used to it. So hopefully we're gonna get used to cryptocurrency. But then speaking of cryptocurrency, did you see how hammered those things were? Like they just fell. The values just fell. Some got written off. Uh yeah. Yeah, I, I don't follow cryptocurrency and I have a good reason why. <laughs> so the main fact that um 
it isn't regulated, right? Yeah. So if, if it collapses, um, the fact that you don't have an insurance that's going to back you up, that is my main problem with it. Yeah. The fact that it's not, um, it's not overseen. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Bruce, uh, The Money Show. Uh, yes, seven oh two. Yeah, I was listening to it yesterday, and there was the CEO of uh, Vala, the the South African um, crypto. Uh, what do they call these uh, wallets? Okay. Yeah, crypto wallets or crypto market. Um, uh, you guys should check it out. So I was uh, I was listening to that podcast and they were talking about how money is changing, because uh, uh, one of the one of the issues that Bruce Whitfield uh, mentioned was that, uh, like you said, the the issue of um, cryptocurrency not being backed by anything. But then the guy, the CEO uh, came back and was like, no. But if you look at the U.S. dollar, for example, that's also not backed by anything. We we originally thought it was backed by the gold standard you know it was backed by the gold reserves but in fact it's not backed by that then bruce whitfield came back and was like uh no the u.s dollar is backed by the by the market the market itself uh all the jobs that we're making all the businesses all the transactions that are happening they they kind of cover the 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 dollar so to say that the dollar will never fall or default because there'll always be people that need to use this money for producing. People would produce and the only means of exchange would be the dollar, the rent, you know. But then the guy came back and was like, no, same thing with uh, with crypto. Crypto is also backed by transactions. And I guess it's it's at that infant level where it's still growing. It hasn't matured yet. But I think with uh, with how the markets are doing at the moment, the way they fell so bad and uh, how some cryptocurrencies uh, got written off, it kind of brings us, you know, it's like a reality check to say, you know what, we've gone way too far. But then it also creates an opportunity to say that, you know what, um, these cryptos, uh, so there, are, there are those legit cryptos, uh, uh, crypto projects, but then there's also those ones, Jay, that just uh came along for the for the ride but yeah it's it's interesting stuff it is it is pretty interesting especially when you hear stories of people who um have made millions from cryptocurrency i know somebody who claims to have made millions from cryptocurrency and i felt kind of jealous mm. i felt the resentment building up inside of me and then yeah, I eventually let go of it, but I feel you. Yeah, yeah, but then, it, yeah, but then again, it's it's. Ooh, I was gonna talk about uh, Netflix. Uh, I don't know if you've had. Uh, they don't want us to share passwords anymore. I think it's Netflix and DSTV. Interesting. Yeah, so I think with uh, DSTV, it uh, kicked in at the beginning of this month where you won't be able to share a password to your DSTV logins. Only one person can log in. And when uh, Netflix said they're going to implement that, 
their stock, uh, their shares dropped by like 50% or so. I stand to be corrected, but it, it really, it, it drops heavily. I see. Oh my word. <laughs> I wonder why they did that. Yeah, I guess they just want to make money, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's another way of losing customers. I hey, mean, seriously now. Hey, man, you can lose customers very easily by doing one mistake, okay? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Moving on to the next topic, which is electric cars in South Africa, which ties into your uh, fourth industrial revolution. Yes, automation, self-driven cars. Yeah. So, uh, would you like to guess how many electric cars are in South Africa? Uh, I'm going to guess and say, uh, there can't be a lot. So, I'm going to, because they're quite expensive. So, I'm going to guess and say 5,000. 5,000. Okay. Uh, let's <laughs> say car makers that, uh, that have, what do you call this? That have electric cars. Yes. Uh, you mean like car brands? Car brands, yes. Uh, I'm going to say three. Three. Very close, yeah. very close. It's, uh, it's actually one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six actually. Uh, so BM, BMW has one. It's called an i3. Uh, okay. Jaguar has an I-Pace. Uh, Porsche has the Taycan. And your favorite car, the Mini Cooper, has the electric version of it. Uh, Nissan has a Nissan Leaf. Sounds weird. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Ford Mustang Mach-E is also in South Africa. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, but then, uh, but another interesting thing is, is uh, BMW was actually, oh no, not even BMW. So Nissan Leaf has been in South Africa since uh, the model is a 2015 model. And wow. Yeah, and then uh, the BMW i3 is a 2018 model. That's, the, that's when it started, I guess, in South Africa. It must be terribly expensive. Ah, so the BMW i3, can you guess how much is that? How much is that? I'm going to go with um, 3 million. 3 million. Ooh, that's a bit expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's very expensive. It's actually five. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, if you run it off, it's 600,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, the Jaguar I-Pace. Can you guess how much that is? Um, let me think. Jaguar, Jaguar, Jaguar. How much would a Jaguar cost? Uh, I'm going to say 800000 Ooh, okay. Uh, it's around that ballpark. It's actually $1.9 million. Um. Well, it's a Jaguar, so you 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 basically buying the the name. Yeah. And plus, it's electric, so it's a bonus. Sure. Yeah, and then the Porsche Taycan. I'm gonna say two point five million. Basically. 
yeah, Porsche is expensive. Yeah. I'll go with 2.5. Wow. On the nail. It's actually 2.5. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good guessing, eh? Wow. Yeah. And then the Volvo XC40 Recharge. How much do you think that is? Mm, maybe 700,000. Yeah, close. It's uh, 1.2 million. Okay. Yeah. And the Ford Mustang Mach E. Sure. <laughs> it must be expensive. Okay, no, I'm going to say 2.8 million. Ooh, nice. It's 2.1 million. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So, so this year alone, there are one, two, three, four, five more, five new cars that are expected to come to South Africa. Five new electric cars. And these are the Audi e-tron. Uh, it's, it's an Audi e-tron 55, Audi e-tron GT, Audi RS e-tron GT, and then BMW iX3. BMW i4 M50. Hmm. BMW seems to be coming up a lot. Hey, man. I think you, we should just adopt BMW, eh? It's like they are They are here to... They're not here to play games. Yeah, no. They, they, they're moving into this market, eh? They're in the future. <laughs> yeah. And but you know what's interesting about self-driving cars? I think that's what made um Tesla more successful. It's the fact that they were able to um to put those uh, you know those uh charging charging ports. Yes. Yeah, they were able to deploy them across the whole across the whole America, I think. Uh the US they deployed a lot of them in there and they deployed a lot in the in, in Europe. So they were able to leverage on that infrastructure that they created. In Africa, I think we're only starting to see these now. We don't see them everywhere. I think you see them at the major um, shopping centers. Like I know here at Clear Auto Mall, they have one charging port for the BMW. Interesting. Yeah. BM is in the future. Um, I'm excited about the future. <laughs> yes, yes, I am too as well. So let me see what time is it. Um, it's 5.34. Jeez, man. I, I mean, 3.34. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we should end it there. I think so too. Yeah. Okay, guys. Um, so this was it. This was uh, the conversation with Uriahile. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we need feedback. Uh, tell your friends and uh, tell your friends to listen and let your friends tell their friends to listen. We, we do uh, 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 want your grannies to listen as well. So everyone should listen to this. Uriahile, uh, any last words? Um. Yeah, everybody should read up on the 4IR, especially with regards to what your career is saying about it. So basically, we all need to know 
where we're going to end up after this change has kicked in so that we we don't become displaced. So, yeah, also pursuing careers in the 4-hour direction, like coding and other things, that is a good idea as well, which is what I'm doing. Okay. But, yeah. No, I'll definitely also look into that as well. Well, guys, uh, you've heard it from here. And bye.